God is good. I said, God is good. He is a great God, you know. He's been doing great things ever since the foundation of the earth. Amen? I have but a moment to share a few words with you, and I pray that God will bless you to receive what he has sent you to have. Amen? We're dealing with being a faithful steward. I'm going to be coming from the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 35 through 44. Luke 12, 35 through 44. Jesus was having dialogue with his disciples, and Peter asked a profound question. He asked him, is this for us or is this for all? Jesus was telling them that he's telling you and telling them and telling me that the word is for everybody. Whether they hear it or not, it is for them. Scripture says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for the master when he will return from the wedding. That when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. And surely I say to you that he will gird himself and have them to sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, Blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I said to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. You may take your seat. Pastor has empowered us to do something that God has entrusted us to do. He wants to be faithful stewards over what he has blessed us to have. And what he has given us is more than what we can contain. I said, what he has given us is more than what we contain. He gave us him, himself. We cannot contain him. Our tasking is to share him and to be ready for him when he comes back for himself. I told you on Sunday that Jesus wanted us to set our sights on serving. Here the scripture tells us that he wants to serve us. He wants you to be ready so he can come and serve you. He wants to do something special for you, but you got to be prepared for him to come. Pastor told us before that you know the story about the, the uh, ten virgins that went out. They had lamps and oil, and half of them ran out of oil, and he came, and they, they weren't ready. But God wants you to stay ready because you can't get ready when he's on his way. You have to be ready. I was in the Navy, and the Navy has what we call a watch bill. A watch bill. No one wants their name on the watch bill because after you have worked all day, if your name on the watch bill, after you have worked, you have to go and stand a watch after you have worked your full day. And usually the worst watches are the ones late in the morning that you get from 2 to 6 because you get off at, at 5 and 6 in the evening and get a chance to get a few hours of sleep and then you got to wake up in the middle of the night and go stand a watch. And the worst thing you can do is get sleepy on watch. 
They got somebody watching you fall asleep while you're on watch to write you up for falling asleep while on watch. Jesus is telling you you got to be ready when he comes because you don't know the hour which he's going to come. He told the disciples one time, can't you watch with me for one hour? Now, how can you be ready not knowing when he's going to come? It's easy. Ephesians tell us that you got to gird yourself up with the truth. It tells you that you got to put on the salvation, the helmet of salvation. It tells me that you got to guard your, your feet with the gospel of peace. You got to keep this on at all times. You can't be putting it on. You got to keep it on at all times. Even when you're asleep, Thessalonians chapter 5 talks about even if you're asleep or awake, you're still watching. Physically asleep, but spiritually awake because in the spirit you never sleep. You're always attuned to what God is doing. You can have a dream and act like you were there, although you were physically asleep. You saw the dream as though you were physically there. This is when you awake in the spirit, but you're dead to your flesh. God wants a people that's prepared for him all the time. Pastor has charged us to stay prepared, stop trying to get prepared. You get ready to go to work, but you get there, you don't want to do nothing. And then when you get there and get off, you're tired, but from not doing nothing, come home and still got something to do. Jesus wants you to be prepared while you're doing nothing. Stay doing something when nothing else is left to be done. What am I trying to tell you? The harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. You got to be out there working because somebody needs you to tell them about Jesus even when you don't feel like talking. The Bible says, abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. You need to be always talking about Jesus. Stop talking about things we're wasting time doing nothing with when God bless you with time to have to do something positive with. This time is winding up. Time is getting short. People are always talk about, I'm tired. I don't have no more time. But that's all you do have is time. When time is gone, you finish. Three things I want to tell you. Stay dressed for action. Stay dressed for action. I had a dream the other night, and in the dream, I was trying to find my clothes to go and watch. I used to have dreams about the ship all the time, having dreams about it, doing things it shouldn't be doing, being in places it shouldn't be. In the Navy, you don't know where you are. You're in the middle of the ocean. You can't swim to land because you can't see it from nowhere. But they station watches just in case you fall. Somebody can blow a whistle, and you know you hit the water. They turn the whole ship around for one person, but if the watch is asleep, you have no way of being found. No way of being found. That's how it is in the, in, in the earth today. People that are on watch, Christians, are asleep, and the people are dying every day, and we're not doing anything. We're not blowing the whistle, sounding the alarm that God is looking for somebody to save the one that's being perishing. <laughs> Mentally alert means preparing your mind for action. Being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the re revelation or the return of Jesus Christ. Be not conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but in all your conduct be holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Your mind has to be in tune with God to stay after God. You know it's almost impossible to make your mind stay focused on anything for any length of time. The moment you set your mind on something, a thousand things come to try to take your mind off of that thing you want to concentrate on. Maybe I'm the only one that ever had that problem. But if you focus on something and keep focusing on something, you'll make that thing come alive and you'll start seeing it move and you'll start seeing the result. 
We don't focus on Jesus, so we don't see Jesus moving. We don't see the results of God in our life because our minds are distracted with everything else. You got to keep your mind alert. Last thing before I take my seat. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 through 10. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. You are sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we are asleep or awake, we should live together with him. So you are that steward, that faithful and wise steward. I have just told you all you have to do is stay sober, stay alert, keep your mind on Jesus, keep your attitude alert, awake. Watch for those that's blowing the whistle because someone is always around you falling in the ocean, needing you to help pull them up. The ocean is not water. The ocean is the world of trouble that's drowning people every single day, killing people every single day. We have more tragedies than we have people trying to rescue anybody. It's full of stuff going on and nobody's doing nothing about it. But your prayer can change somebody's life. Amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Oh, that was awesome, that was awesome. I just thank and praise God for the opportunity to come before you uh, this evening. And I thank and praise God for uh, our pastor for this opportunity. And um, thank you for coming out this evening. Uh, Today is uh, a day that we should rejoice because God woke us up this morning. He started us on our way. If it were not for him, we would not be here today. And so today is a good day. Any day above is a good day. And it's a good day in the Lord. And so I just uh, thank and praise God. Uh, I really enjoyed what the dance ministry did because it kind of illustrates um, what um, some of the things I want to talk about. Uh, uh, they were talking about the rocks, you know, giving praise and everything. You know that um, God's going to get his glory, okay? And, and, and he has placed things on the inside of us to do the work that he's called us to do. But if we don't do it, it's not going to stop the show. Because guess what? There is a rock that he can call on that will carry it through. Hallelujah. Praise God. I should open up um, your Bibles with me. Uh, the book of Genesis. And Genesis 1 and 28. Verse 28. And the word of God says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful 
and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. May God add a blessing to his word and those that do his word. If I had to title my message today, uh, it would be, Fulfill Your Purpose and Do the Work. So God has called us for a purpose. We were created for a purpose. And I want to illustrate from that scripture what God has called us to do. He just didn't make us to say just come here and to live on this earth and just have a good time or whatever, but he wanted us to come here and to subdue it, to reign, to take over, to prosper, to build. As a matter of fact, he made us in his image and made us in his image. Therefore, he wants us to be like him. And what is God? He is a creator. He wants us to do what? He wants us to create. God created us, and he gave us all the tools and resources that we need in order to enjoy this life on earth. And then he gave us a start, and we are to build, to build, to build. And yes, Adam made a mistake. He made a mistake, like many of us do. And he did not do as God said. The mistake was not that God didn't want us to have knowledge or anything like that. Where the mistake was that Adam put his own will ahead of God's will. He disobeyed God. And when you disobey God and put your will ahead of God's will, then what happens? There becomes a break, a separation. And so Adam had to leave the garden, he and Eve. Even though Eve listened to the serpent, Adam still, he knew what God said. He didn't have to listen to Eve, but he did so anyway. And so therefore, he chose his fate, and here lies us. And so now, God said, you go outside the garden, and now you have to work the land, okay? Eve, your, your childbearing will be um, painful and, 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 and increase, and all the things that he put on them. But I don't want you to lose sight. Even before then, he told Adam, what he told them was to be fruitful and multiply. And many people think, oh, that's to have babies, have babies, have babies, have babies. Well, fruitful does not only mean, you know, just to procreate, okay? Let's look at some of the synonyms for fruitful. Okay, there's prosperous, fertile, rich, abundant, successful. God wants all those things for us. In order for us to do that, we've got to get out and do the work. And in order to do the work, we have to know who we are. And to know who you are, God has already told us why he brought us here. Okay? He brought us here to do what? To subdue the earth, to take over, to reign, to rule, to create, to develop. And so therefore, having known that, and God is the creator, which he is the, the, the over, not the overseer, but he is the creator, okay? And so therefore, 
He is the shepherd. And so we are the under shepherds. And as an under shepherd, guess what you get to do? You get to be an envoy. You get to be a a, uh, a, a, a um, ambassador. You get to be a, a steward. And so we are stewards here on this earth. And so we're talking about stewardship right now. Stewardship does not start and end with your finances. It's in everything that we do. Subdue it. Develop it. Create it. Make it better. Improve it. And not only that, God helped us. He gave us all his love. God is love. As the minister said uh, Sunday, love is complete. Love has no beginning. Love has no end. Love is eternal and everlasting. And God is love. And God in his love did all this for us. And he saw everything that we were going to do, all the mistakes that we were going to make. And he knew that we needed a savior. And he came and gave him all his own self as a sacrifice so that we can be bought, redeemed. He became redemption for us. What does he want us to do? This is not about us. It's about what we can do for someone else. That's how the kingdom is to expand. That's how the kingdom can grow here on earth. Don't listen to what the news say. You see all the bad things. Oh, yes, it was awful. That young man got killed the way he got killed, the way he got beat up, and all the other things that happen here on this earth. And we'll think we're losing a battle, we're losing a battle, we're losing a battle. But the word of God says the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? If anybody knows hermeneutics, if you know how to exegete, not oxygen, you know what oxygen is, you put your own word in there, okay? Exegy, get the meaning, the context, where it's coming from, what the other is trying to say. And Jesus was talking about the time when he was there and when, and, and when John was there and they were both bringing the word and the ministry was just growing and growing and growing and the people there were just trying to get to them and they were following them and following them and following them. Oh, it was about the people that were trying to, they wanted to be saved. And that's what we got to do. We got to get out there and minister so that people will just want to just have their doors down to get in this house. But the only way they can do that is we become the stewards that God has called us to do so that we can cultivate them. It's not about your money all the time. It's about people. It's about relationship. God is all about relationship. God is relationship. And so therefore, if you get this meaning of knowing who you are because, see, back in the day, in slavery days, when our ancestors were slaves, one of the first things that masters wanted to do was to take away their sense of who they were. So you didn't know where you came from. So you didn't know how important you were. And that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to separate us from God, and he tries to just, 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 just dilute. And then he, 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 he gets stuff and twists it and, and defiles it. And, and then he covers it. Okay, he's nothing but a copycat. And his stuff is just inferior. But then we fall for it. We don't know who we are. We're walking around this earth thinking, hmm, who am I? What is my purpose? The Bible tells us what our purpose is. You are separated from God. That's why you don't know what your purpose is. Once you wake up with God and you get in his word, you will know what his, pur what his purpose is. And we 
the light, the children of God have got to let the world know this is your purpose. This is what God created you to be. And the only way we can do that is to be under shepherds, is to be stewards, stewards of God's people, not only the resources, but of his people. You got to be a steward in your relationship as husbands and wives, as fathers, whatever authority God has given you. And it's always pointing up to somebody else because everything that we work for, everything that we do, it points back up to who? The father. Today, when I went to work, I had to go to a council meeting, DNI, diversity and inclusive. Okay, my boss cannot be there, the tech director. So, Calvin, can you please go in my place? I went. And so I went there, and I was representing her, as she represented the commander. And so everything I did, I was doing in representation for her, which she was representing the commander, which the commander represents who? The base commander, and it goes on, 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 up. This is the, the, the mold that God has created. And so man does that because it's in us, because it has to point to somebody else. But what the devil does is he gets that, and he just, he twists it and poisons it and makes it something else. So the world has the same setup, but they're using it for a different reason. And so therefore, stewardship in everything that you do on your job, it's not about, sometimes we can be so holy, and we're always speaking, you know, Bible verses and throwing the Bible, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you got to come to people, meet them where they are. They don't know anything about that. You said, oh, be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. I'm hungry, give me some food. Meet people where they are so that you can be effective. And you've got to know. You've got to know, you've got to be able to, as I said earlier, to, 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 to determine what is going on in this world. And I know a lot of people, they, you know, you know this thing about Black Lives Matter, and I know there's a lot of, you know, things, uh, uh, a lot of controversy about that. But the only thing that they're saying, Black Lives Matter, is T-O-O. Black Lives Matter, T-O-O. Two. They're not saying white lives don't matter, brown lives don't matter, green lives don't matter. Everybody lives matter. Black lives matter too. That's all they're saying. But if you don't get an understanding of what they're saying, then you might just go out there and just think anything. So you got to be able to peel the onion back. You got to be able to just, 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 just go and dive into I don't let somebody tell me something. They send me something. What do you think about this? Okay, and they don't give me all the information. I'm like, well, from this, it appears to be this, but I need more information. I cannot make a judgment. Long time ago when I was young, I would come up and make a judgment call just like that. I don't do that anymore. I'm very slow about making decisions, especially when I don't have all the information. Because if you take things out of context, people can make things be whatever they want it to be, they can shave it and massage it and give you all the information on one side, and there you go. This is talking about this. And no, what it is is that is their underlying motive, okay? They already have a presupposition, a presupposition of what this is, and so therefore they want you to believe what they believe. And so you got to be as wise as a servant and as harmless as a dog. My time is getting short, but I, 
I do want to leave you with this. There are four principles I want to leave you with uh, for uh, stewardship, four practical principles. One is the principle of ownership, principle of responsibility, principle of accountability, and the principle of reward. Principle of ownership, God owns everything. That's all it is. He owns everything. Everything belongs to God. And so the earth of the Lord is the Lord's and, and everything in it, the fullness thereof. Principle two, responsibility. We have to know that we, as steward in stewardship, we don't have rights. We have responsibilities. The rights belong to the master, okay? The responsibility is ours to do the master's will. In slavery time, they had that, you know, um, twisted where they used it to, to, to um, hurt people and, and, and to keep people subjugated. But that's the same, but you can use that same thing in a godlike manner and say, God, who loves us, who is not only our Savior and our friend and our creator, but he is the person in which we uh, are responsible to. Third principle of accountability, Matthew 25, 14 and 30. This is the maximum, this is the maximum taught by the parable of the talents, okay? The parable of the talents. God has given us talents. Talents can, could be anything, okay? All right, in here, um, some of the Bible say silver, some say talent, some say whatever. But the thing about it is when God gives you something, you can't bury it. You've got to make it better because, see, God is going to give you according to what he wants you to have and also the ability that he has given you. And you are not to look to the left or to the right what they got, but you are to make that thing better that God has given you. Develop it. Multiply it. Not hide it. Many of us are hiding our talents. There are things in the church that we need done. Vacancies. We need musicians. We need teachers. We need, we need a lot of stuff in church. And you have the talent, but you will not come forth. You're like that person in this scripture who dug a hole and put his talent there and covered it up. And you know what God did in the end with that. And then the fourth one, the principle of the reward, 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 reward. As a steward, the reward is yours. God is going to reward you for what you have done. But not only will God reward you, it's an inner, it's an inner reward that you get for doing this. Because what God has given you, he's given you a passion. Whatever God has given you, whatever God has placed on your plate, whatever your calling is that you are steward for, God has given that to you, and you will be passionate about that. And so if, when you leave out tonight, just remember that to fulfill your purpose, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. God bless you. Oh, y'all can do better than that. God, your word there. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, God, your word there. Hallelujah. Oh, God, your word there. Hallelujah. Let's just take a second to tell God how worthy he is. Are there anybody in here who knows how good and how, oh, my God, how worthy he is? Woo, are there any people in here who believe that God is worthy to be praised? 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for being my God. I thank you, Father God, for rest, ruling, and abiding in my life, Lord God. I thank you for all the saints that are gathered here and online, Lord God. I thank you because of you, Father God, all things are possible. Father God, we come to you humbly, being your servants, Lord God, asking you to fill us, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus, because we know you are the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord God. And so we give you glory on today. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Well, first, I just want to give honor to God on today because he is awesome in everything that he do. And, you know, I spend a lot of time over with the young kids, and so I don't get to come over here often. So I'm so excited when I get to come over here and hang out with y'all for a little bit. Amen. So if a little bit of this have a little twist of the teens in it, y'all know where I've been, and it's okay, right? Amen. I can't hear you. Amen. All right. Now, and I started thinking when I had the opportunity to do this, when uh, Minister Latham called me, I will tell you when we think about being a shepherd, when I, God called me into the ministry, I told him, I said, I would never tell you no. It would always be yes. And unless something happens well, I can't, my yes is for real. And so I don't care if you ask me to come on a Wednesday to go be with the kids. I mean, and as much as I fear nursing homes, amen, I'm going there too. Amen. Because I told God, yes. And so I want to talk to you a little bit today about stewardship, but I want to start with TGI. Can y'all say that for me? Okay, so today, now I know some of y'all may be hungry because I am too. I ain't had nothing to eat today. But that's not the TGIF I'm talking about. The one I'm talking about is today, God is first. Can somebody say that with me? Today, God is first. And so I understood the assignment. And I pray that you all did the same. So when you were born into this earth, you were born with a purpose and with something that God wanted you to do. And I know with working with teens for so many years, they get to about 18 or 19 and they get real fearful because now they are going to be in control of whatever it is that they're going to do or so they think because for so long their parents have been the one telling them what to do. I remember going to a college campus and my mom driving off, and I was like, yeah, right? And then in that second year, I was so lonely because all I knew was home and my mom. And so when I think about stewardship, I need you to think about those moments when you feel like you're purposeless, when you feel that loneliness, when you feel like, what am I doing? then you need to make sure, like I did, that you connect with God because he is the creator. Just like I felt that from my mom who birthed me, you should feel that from God. Amen? So today, God is first. Can y'all say that for me? So when I talk about stewardship, I need you to understand that I'm speaking. Now, I'm always a little, I'm the odd bird. They'll tell you in the office. 
I come in there and I always got something to say. You know, I'm a, I remember one time, and I think I've said this before, me and my husband had gotten into a little spiff. He said, you know what your problem is? I said, what's my problem? He said, you don't care what nobody think about you. I said, that's a problem, right? Because I know since I was a little girl that God had something for me, right? But I had those moments in my life where I didn't feel like the prettiest, or I didn't feel like the smartest, or I didn't feel like I was loved, or I felt abandoned, or those different things because of the experiences in my life. But the closer I stayed to God, he has always been a way maker for me. He's always brought somebody along or did something in me to let me know you have purpose. Amen? So I want you to understand that life has been entrusted to our care. We're going to talk about that. It does not belong to us because of God. He created us. He says, and y'all know the word, he knew every what? Hair on your head. Every single one of them. Now, that's a lot because I'd be, I'm 51, so I'd be losing a couple. But I can imagine having to do that every hair on your head. And so when I think about that, I want you to stop holding people hostage with your gift. And I'm going to talk about what that means, but I need to say it again. Stop holding people hostage with your gift. And I had to learn the lesson for myself because I will make excuses for the way God made me. And I was constantly, I've always been tall. You can ask Pastor Bo, I've always been loud. You can ask Adrian, I'm coming in, stir it up. And there were times when people tell you, you do too much. But God made me this way. And let me tell you how much he made me this way. He made me this way so much that when I really, really do need to calm down or to not do something, he makes that way too. So I don't need for someone else to tell me I'm doing too much because God keeps me in balance because I'm always in communion with him. Okay? All right, don't let me get ahead of myself. It says, God gave it to you to be of service to others, but I need you to understand something. You are not a servant to your gift. You are the steward over it. To be a servant means that you need to ask what to do with it. To be a steward means you're managing it and you know what to do with it. So we have to be clear about what that actually means. All right, y'all got to hang in there with me because I'm going to tell you one thing. Today, God is first. Amen? And I understood the assignment. So I need you to walk with me. So then I said, okay, well, God, let me give them an example. We all know bees, right, sus, bees, y'all know that? Okay. So they are crop pollinators. What does that mean? That means that the agriculture benefits of the honeybees is estimated to be about 10 to 20 times the total value of the bees. In other words, they bring in about $15 billion in crops a year. The bees know what they're doing. We're talking about a bee that we would kill that some of y'all are allergic to. $15 billion they bringing in. The bees know what they're doing. Now, if the bees know what they're doing, oh, somebody, all right, okay. 
All right, all right. So then I start thinking about frogs. Now, let me tell you, frogs for a couple of reasons. Because around my house, and I don't know about anybody else's house, there'd be a bunch of frogs. One time, a frog followed me in the house. I'm trying to get him out. He jumps in my refrigerator. I mean, it was a whole situation with this frog, right? And I was like, God, why do I have so many frogs? You know, so some coaches say they're luck and all that kind of stuff, right? So it says, frogs play a significant role in not only keeping your home bug-free, but they also protect your family's health because they feast on harmful insects such as mosquitoes, fire ants, and disease-ridden flies. Y'all, the frogs know what they doing. So then now I'm saying to myself, Lord, you done bought all these frogs around my house keeping me from hurt, harm, and danger? If the frogs can do... Okay, I'm, ju I'm just saying I need somebody on my side today. Oh, today, God is first. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so I started thinking about three things that I could share with you that will help me because I got a story I got to tell y'all from the Bible, and I'm going to tell you before I tell the story. I kept saying, God, why there? Why there? Why there? Why there? And I was like, you know, all these Bible scholars, and they're going to be da-da-da, then your mind get to go. And he was like, now, nah, you're being a good steward. You know, I already took this calling, so do what I told you. So I said, okay, God. So the first thing is, when you are being a good steward, you need to know God. For yourself, not the way your granny knew him. Not the way your mama them knew him. Not the way that, that girl knew him that you chasing in the church. Okay? You got to know him for yourself. Because it goes back to my story with my mom. I know, like, you know how, if you someplace and you a mama and you hear a baby crying, you know which one belongs to you. And if you're a kid and you could be a whole playground full of people, your mama call your name, baby, you know, right? So you got to know God for yourself because there's no way that you can stay in tune with what your purpose is if you don't know him. We can agree on that? Amen. The second thing is you got to know yourself. I'm just going to say I'm fifth, almost 52. And, <laughs> okay. Um, when you allow other people to define, and I always say this, my friends get, get tired of me saying this, I'm on the back half of this thing, right? When you younger, it's money. When you older, it's time, okay? So my, I went to a funeral, and one of my uncles preached, and he said, you got four quarters in your life. First quarter is zero to 17. How many in that quarter? Okay, all right. The second quarter is 17 and a half, to 32. I know we got some of those in the court. Raise your hand if you're in the second quarter. Amen for the second quarter. All right. Then there's the third quarter, which is 35 to 52. Barely made it, but I'm in the third quarter. But I know we got a lot of fourth quarter people up in here, right? Amen. And so he says, when you get to the fourth quarter, what happens is, if you think about it in a football field, and there's two minutes on the clock, right, and you trying to get this touchdown, what you going to do? When the clock, the, the, the running, is it the running back? Y'all help me out. And he gets the ball and he's running and he realizes he can't go no further. What are he going to do? Amen. So you save in time. You run out of bounds. And so I want you to understand that when you get older, t 
time is more precious than money. You can't get that back. So I find myself a lot of times, <laughs> I got to know myself because I got to know what I can tolerate. And I was just saying something to Joe earlier. I said, why when people get older, they get so evil? And he was like, what do you mean? I said, and I don't even think they be doing it on purpose. He said, they ain't got much time left. Amen. So we got to think about what have you been doing with your time and your efforts to this point? Because are you serving God? Are you connected to him? Okay. No, that's, what's that song that say uh, tomorrow? God do you tomorrow. Yeah, today. Because today God is first. Amen. And so we talked about you got to know God. You got to know yourself. And the third thing is you got to run your race. Because can nobody be you but you? Okay? Now, and when the people who are trying to imitate you, and I say this from a woman's perspective, it's a compliment, but don't go too far with that thing. All right? Sometimes you just got to do you. Now, I may set an example, right? You know, you may like something about me that you're going to admire or mentor, but you still got to run your own race. Amen? That's in separation as you get older from your kids, your husband, your job. I just, they just buried the guidance counselor over at Choctaw. Her name was Miss Brock. Rest in peace, Miss Brock. And Miss Brock has stage four cancer. And Miss Brock, in the morning when I would, my last days at Choctaw, I would see her and she would go step by step by step trying to make it up the stairs to do that job. Because the only thing she was defined by was that job. You got to know who you are so you can run your race. Don't be afraid of who you are because God made you. So it's very difficult for you to be a good steward and manage it if you don't even know. Amen? Today, God is first. So I'm going to speak real quick about John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, there's a, a very popular verse, right? What is it? John what? 3.16. And so I went there and I said, God, why are you taking me to John chapter 3? And he was like, just be patient with me. Because attitude and understanding is what you need with stewardship. So for those of my Bible scholars, I'm going to mess you up for a minute, but just roll with me. So there were two people outside of Jesus and the disciples that were like the highlight of John chapter 3. The first one was Nicodemus. Now let me tell you about Nicodemus. Nicodemus, excuse me, was a man of the Jewish religion who was also a Pharisee. He also was a member of the, um, of the there were only 70, 70 members of the Sanhedrin, I'm going to say it wrong. Sanhedrin, thank you, um, religious court. And he would have been highly influential. So now what the younger people call an influencer. If, if, if Nicodemus lived right now, he'd have 2.3 million followers. Okay? From the religious side of this, he was like a T.D. Jakes. Okay? From the political side of this, he was our favorite president, Obama. So Nicodemus had it going on. And at the beginning of the story in chapter 3, he goes to Jesus in the dark. Now, I, I'm not going to talk much about that because I'm trying to get to this stewardship thing. 
But I was wondering, they seem like, why are you rolling up at night? What's going on with you, right? But he did. And he began to talk to Jesus because he wanted to know. How do you, you know, because for him, okay, let me back up. For him and the Jewish people, and Cliff, you help me out if I'm wrong, they already figured out they had it, they was good as gold. They were like, listen, <laughs> we the chosen. Don't be trying me. We already got this thing figured out. So here come this Jesus, and I need to go talk to him. Because I need him to understand that um, he can't take any of my followers because we've been telling them the right stuff to do, right? So he goes and has this conversation with Jesus. Now, remember I talked about attitude and understanding. He never got it. Jesus said, this is what you got to do. He told him, he says, listen, you're around here being this teacher and leading all these people, and you want some understanding of something on the spiritual side, and you don't even understand the earthly stuff. He was like, you got one job, and you ain't even doing that. Then I'm telling you what you should be doing, and you still, with your carnal mind, going to try to explain to me, well, how can I be rebirthed in my mama's womb, and how can this, and that, da 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 right? So when we think about when God calls us as a steward to do something, well, Lord, how am I going to get up there and sing when, Lord, Lord how am I going to be an usher when, Lord, what? The same sort of deal. I don't want you to have a Nicodemus sort of attitude about your stewardship. Because more importantly, we're talking about a God we ain't even seeing. He was standing right there with Christ and still wasn't believing him. And then you got them people that say, um, I'm going to pray about it. Jesus ain't told me. Now, five people then heard you singing from the stand. Another three then heard you talk about how the music ain't right, but you said he want to be a Nicodemus. Okay, I'm going to move on. All right. I'm just saying, attitude and understanding. And here's the deal about that, because I'm speaking to myself too. I don't talk about nobody else. I ain't going to talk about myself. When I told you I had to make sure purposely, I went to pastor and told him I had a calling in my life. I told him what God was doing. And of course, you know, people judge you. I don't know. She may not be holy enough. She may not dress like them Christian girls. She may not do this and that. But I'm going to tell you the God I serve gave me management over this and told me what he wanted me to do with it, and I'm standing up here today. Amen? So I want to encourage you on that. All right, so we're going to jump down to the second half of it because John the Baptist is in the second half. And everybody know John the Baptist was going around baptizing people and telling them about Jesus and saying, hey, you need to come, you need to serve. This is what we did. Now, my mind is thinking, because what happened was, what had happened was, there were some disciples hanging out, and this Jew slid up on them and said, hey, that Jesus y'all talking about is out here baptizing people in this water too. Now, I be a little far seat to say it was Nicodemus, but it don't say that in the Bible, okay? But we all know some Nicodemuses, okay? And I, he went there, so then of course the disciples was like, mm, 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 John, that, that, that same man you've been talking about, blah, 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 he's out here in this water. I want to read this for you, because I thought this was so good. He says, at the time 
John the Baptist was baptizing at Enon, New Salem, because there were plenty of water there. So God had me hang on to the word plenty because sometimes we will get a gift and God will bless you with it and you don't think nobody else got it. But in this water, the man who was handing them out was there. Now, I love John the Baptist's spirit because he shut it all down. Listen to this. He said, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourself know how plentiful I told you. I am not the, how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for for him. I'm sorry. If it is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friends is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Mm. How many of y'all can stand next to a friend that's so anointed and, and working in their gift and, and don't have any jealousy or strife and can go and carry a Bible for them or can go and make sure they get where they're going? Or how many, I mean, John the Baptist was like, look, I've been doing this for a long time, but I know who called me to do it. Because I think a lot of times what we'll do, we will take that gift and it'll get so good and so ramped up and everybody loving it that you forget. I don't know if I got anybody in this room helping me today. And so he goes on to say, therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. So you know you're really serving your purpose when it ain't you they see no more. You know you're really being a steward when your gift has made so much room for you, you can't even be in the room. You know that you are doing some stewardship and some things of God because, see, God is talking to some people today and telling you you are good enough. I gave you that mission. I told you what I needed you to do. It's going to sound crazy to some people, but I didn't give it to them. So it's okay if it sounds crazy to them. God wants you to know that he has something stored. There should not be any lack in this house. And some of y'all sitting on your gifts because you are allowing the Nicodemuses of the world to tell you something else. Be a believer for yourself. Know God for yourself. Do the things of the, that God has told you to do. He's already speaking to you. He speaks to you at night. He speaks to you with your food at lunch. He speaks to you. You can walk in a store and somebody just looking at you. You're like, what's going on? And they can give you a word. How long are you going to ignore it? I need you to understand that I've been there. And I've been at a place where it's been times where I was like, God, I'm tired of people talking about me. Woo! Because I'm just trying to serve you. You made me who I am. I can't walk in a room and somebody not recognize me. And I need to be okay with that. Because there's something he wants me to do with it. And I can't let your hang up, hang me up. I need you guys to understand 
So as I was getting to the end of this, I said, God, why you take me to these two guys in this scripture? Because he wanted you to remember the most famous scripture in the book. In John 3, 16, it reads, When I think about the fact that he would sacrifice his son for me, and I'm sitting on my gifts, and I'm letting other people judge me and tell me what I can't do so I feel less than, and I got a God that owns it all. <sighs> for God so loved the world that he gave his own, his one, and only son. And I don't know if any of y'all got just one, but I only got one. And when that joker don't pick up my phone call, something deep inside of me say, do I need to get to praying? So I can imagine what God does for me. I was walking out to Walmart one time, and he was walking in front of me, and the smile came over my face, and I said, look what I did, right? And I need for God to say the same thing about me. Because if he feels a tenth of what I feel for DJ Thomas, Oh, Jesus. So I wanted to, before we do an um, altar call, <laughs> it just was put on my heart. I want y'all to see this. And don't laugh too hard, okay? All right, go ahead. Can you play it for me? All right, so this first picture is of me as a little girl with my daddy and my brother. This one, I was at some party when I was in elementary school. This one, high school, don't laugh too hard. This next one is college. The next one is, I was about 30-something. Um, the next one, I was 40. And this last one has been the journey through all of that and what God is doing in my life. He's given me purpose, stewardship, relationship, and I trust him. So I need for you to understand how good God is. Because he took, and Pastor always laughed at me, but he took this, this little girl from Chicago, Illinois. I call it the concrete jungle. When my dad died when I was two, well, I had a horrible stepfather. He was horrible to our family, to my mom. I went to college to get away, met some people and, 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 and joined the church and did some other things. But I've always had God at the center of my life. I used to get up as a little girl when my mom smoked a pack of Cools, baby, and, and house slippers and take me over to the church because it was only about six blocks away. And I would go with my grandmama to this Kojic church and I would stay there for hours with her because I wanted to know God. I've always been a lifelong learner to that. I wanted to know my purpose. I became a teacher 20-some years ago officially. But I've been teaching. Baby, I was the rock teacher of the century when I was a kid. I don't know anybody who grew up in the, in the north. But we, had, we didn't have a lot of grass. So we, would, we had these little stoops with six or seven stairs. And you take a rock, put it in your hand, and shake it up, put it behind your back. And then you cross it over. Miss Robin laughed because she know what I'm talking about. And if you pick the right rock, you get to move up a grade. And those are the games we played, and who's the teacher every time? Okay? So I knew what God purposed in my life for me to do. 
you should be glad and excited for what God has in your life. And if you don't have it, do those three things. Know God. Know yourself. And run your race. Amen? As you stand to your feet. We got three appeals. <clears throat> There's anyone here who don't know God for themselves. Every saint in here is praying right now that you come forward and allow God to just be the head of your life. And so we thank you, God. Looks like all are saved. Is there anyone here who may want to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, meaning speaking in tongues? Amen. And then the last thing, I just want us to pray together that God brings that thing, that fire that's burning in the side of, inside of you, telling you, step on out. Step on out on that job. Step on out in that relationship. Step on out in the church. It don't matter if you knew you going through your classes. We need you. Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for being such an awesome God. We thank you, Father God, that you have allowed us to be stewards over what you've given us. And we don't take that lightly. Father God, I ask that everyone at the sound of my voice, Father God, will understand their purpose, Lord God. We thank you right now. We lift you up. We glorify you and we magnify you. In Jesus' matchless name, amen.